Well, we're back at it. The Preacher and the Catcher. I'm Devin Goff, the Preacher, and that is... Brian Johnson, the Catcher. That's my catcher, That's and I love him. And his head is so smooth looking. I mean, it is incredibly <laughs> crisp on... It's like, like, do you... Do you I want to do bald hair, but my wife won't let me. So that's not the question. Um, so you got a good you, shape. You could you could handle it. Yeah, I, I think so, but she says no. So what do you do? Yeah, you think so, yeah. and she says no. What do you do? Yeah, I agree. You got you got to go wait ahead. for the <laughs> got to wait for the the go ahead. When I got my cut, I had, to, I had to get my little brothers to to say it was okay. That was back before I was married. So. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, how you been, man? Since last week, been good. A little cold here in Michigan, but we're doing good. And we got uh, big things coming on the football front. We got Matthew Stafford, our hero for the last twelve years with the Lions Land, uh, Detroit Lions football team is going to be trading him. Can I just uh, be he, honest? I'm, I think I think this may be the turnaround of the organization. <clears throat> It might be because he's the only he's not the only, but he's a he's a marquee guy that's gonna that's gonna bring a whole bunch to the organization, at least a first round pick, probably a, a second round pick too. So that's that's gonna be really good for the organization. It's not good that he's leaving, but you oh, kinda I, understand I, the kind of understand I the circumstances. I, I think it's great that he's leaving. All right. We're we're getting the we're getting into touchy territory here. Let's <laughs> let's uh let's discuss this. I, I think it's great that he's leaving. I mean, because why? Why? How can you possibly feel that way? Well, first of all, I have always felt like he was an overrated quarterback. Oh, um, gosh. you know the whole. The, you know, I, I'm, I'm not. Me I'm to not, my core. I know. I know. I know. I'm not. I'm not a fan of the whole side throw. The whole thing that he does. You know, I'm oh, just not. Goodness. And so, you know, I actually think this is a good thing that the Lions get rid of him. Um, I mean, we paid him a why? A, but, okay, but stop there. Godly amount of money. Why? Why? Why would you get rid of somebody? Why would you want to get rid of somebody who's who's been the backbone of your organization for over a decade? I think don't say nothing. Stays out of trouble. His wife is kind of a pain sometimes, but whatever. But the boy <laughs> play plays well, like every week, all the time. He's the man. So who do you, you know like? If you don't like him as a quarterback, who do you like? Tom Brady. Now, oh, again, my goodness. here listen, we go. Listen, listen, listen. Here listen, we listen, go. Listen, I'm not saying, I think you used the word appropriately when you said he plays well. Um, I don't think that he is just, you know, a showstopper. Um, and we gave him showstopper kind of money. And I just thought that even but you even did, but you did even, in, even in the pediatric stages of his career, I thought that it was just he was overrated. I just didn't think that it was worth it. So I, I I'm but glad you, but that, you, he, that he's going. The difference is he's never had a showstopper team, right? He had he had Tom, Tom Brady to put Tom Brady on the on the Lions the last ten years with no defense and no running game. Tom Brady doesn't win one Super Bowl. So don't give me the whole Tom Brady all of a sudden is the greatest thing ever. He's great, and he's doing really well, and I like him. But Matthew, put Matthew Stafford on a good team with a, with a great defense and a, and a decent running game, you're going to see he's going to blow up. He's already blown up with a bad team several times. So 
I think you're wrong, my friend. He's bye bye, Matt. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. He's got to go. He's got to go. What a, and uh, I'm whatever. hoping that we actually get something good for him. Uh, who knows? Well, I, who knows I, I think happen? it's going to be. It's actually really exciting. I was disappointed at first. I had to have a few moments of silence, you know, for for to to kind of pay tribute to uh, to my man Stafford. But what's nice is that now I can root for another team. Whoever Stafford goes to, I'm locked in. Let's say go to the Jets. I can't root for the Jets. But whoever Stafford goes to, most likely it's going to be Carolina Panthers or the 49ers or the Reds. Well, not the Redskins, but the Washington football team yeah. or the Indianapolis Colts. Are actually, probably the, the number one possibility. So I'll be a fan of either one of those, along with my Lions, once he goes. Well, who knows? I actually may be a Detroit fan once he leaves because I just didn't like I just brutal, brutal like hometown that. boy. Hometown boy, that's terrible for you to say. Say what you will or may. Say what you will or may. But I was not a Matt Stafford fan. I thought he was overrated, overpaid, and everything else. But, you know, I, I, do, I do think he's a great guy. He's a nice guy. Um, but it just wasn't worth all the money that we paid him when we paid it paid to him. Um, you know, that's just the my quarterback. The quarterback takes too much of the blame and gets too yeah. much of the credit. All that so. side throwing that he does. And uh, listen, that's why Calvin Johnson said, I'm out of here. <laughs> you, you guys can do what you want. <laughs> he put Calvin Johnson in the Hall of Fame. Oh, my Calvin Johnson put Calvin Johnson in the Hall of Fame. Let's not he get did. it twisted. But, but, Matt, but, but Matthew Stafford, dude, he's got his, his arm is incredible. So the mm. whole this whole thing that you're doing. Obviously, no, you're not a football guy. <laughs> not a football guy. If you if you no, don't appreciate that's the, what the, he, how he I throws. know how to throw a football, but I'm saying like Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Stafford does that whole underhand side throw stuff. You know, I just I was, right. I was okay, but okay, but Pat, Patrick Mahomes does it. It's okay when Patrick Mahomes does it. He wins the Super Bowl. Now it's cool to throw sidearm and all these different arm angles. When Matthew Stafford does it, he can't carry a whole organization by himself. Now it's it's a problem. You got a problem with that? I, okay, whatever. I, I didn't. I didn't say. I didn't say. I, I like. I, I like Mahomes either. But you know, you're putting words. You don't like Mahomes? I didn't say How that I did or like didn't. I, I didn't say that I did or didn't. I didn't bring him up into the conversation. You did. So Dude, put put it on the table. You like Mahomes or not? Uh, Tom Brady will win his his oh, seventh Super Bowl ring next Sunday. <laughs> Let's talk about that. The stage is set. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. I mean, the battle of the ages, literally, the young, fresh superstar and the and and and, and the saged goat. Who is going yeah. to win the Super Bowl? Give me your honest opinion here, Johnson. I want to hear from you. Who's going to win that Super Bowl, catcher? Chiefs, Chiefs, oh, Chiefs. Goodness gracious. But we'll put a dollar on it right here, right? Right live on the show. We'll put a dollar on it and get it done. You know, I'm, I usually, I'm, I'm not a betting man, but for the spirit of the show, I'll put that dollar. Right. I, I got four quarters for you in my pocket. We'll, we'll, we'll go in. Right. I believe Tom right. Brady will 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 show the world why he is the goat. It's a pretty good story. It's I wouldn't be really that crushed if he won because it's to be able to take that team and Tampa. They got a lot of guys on the team that I like, and uh, to be able to get away from Belichick. And can we stop giving Belichick so much credit for, for the I mean, six Super Bowls? I mean, he deserves credit, but my goodness. You don't win. Again, you don't win unless you have a quarterback. 
except for Trent Delfer and the Baltimore Ravens that one year. Everybody <laughs> else, you gotta have a you gotta have a quarterback. So I agree. Belichick, I agree. Belichick is good, but he he stunk when he was with the Jets and when he was wherever Cleveland before he went there. So let's 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 pump pump the brakes on Mr. Belichick and have him get a little personality sometimes. No, no, I'm with you there. You know, I I think that there's something to be said about the work that Tom did leaving the New Orleans, New England Patriots, going down to Tampa Bay, taking that team who, I mean, did well, where did they fare in their playoff run last year? Well, they had Jameis Winston, who was incredibly talented, but throws a thousand interceptions every year. So whatever he did great, he did terrible also. So that was holding them back. They had a really they had a really good team up to that point, and and Tom just put them over the top. So uh, anyway, I think it's going to be an ex- it's going to be an exciting Super Bowl. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it as well. You don't have to watch the Super Bowl for just the commercials this year. It's right. actually going to be a good game from quarter number be. one all the way to quarter. That's right. It better be like we we can't, yeah. can't manipulate the, the game, commercials and the. The commercials are still going to be good, so that's worth watching too. Absolutely, I mean that's worth but, watching. But if, but if you want to watch something in between the commercials, the game right. will be good. <laughs> right, and don't be having any more parties and spreading COVID all over the place. Stick this with your own household. This is the year that you can have a very quiet Super Bowl quiet uh, viewing experience because you should not Bonding have time. multiple households in your house gathering and spreading the. The virus, man, this virus, man. It, you know, I woke up this morning wear to man, wear your mask. Yes. Goodness. Oh. And double the mask up, double layers, right? Double, double it up. That's right. Double layers. Or you do the, uh, you do the N95, baby, and, and, uh, you can go solo with those. But yeah, if you can, got to do it. Well, yeah. we got to stop this thing to for, thank, thank goodness we have some leadership now and we actually have talented people at the helm with a pen, with a, pandemic team with a coronavirus team actually working every day to try to solve this problem, which we didn't have all year. Uh, so thank goodness for that. Hopefully we'll, we'll get this done before the year's out. You know, I saw something that was actually fascinating while we're on that point last night on uh, BET, um, they did an interview with Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry actually mm-hmm. He actually hosted a conversation with two doctors, one infectious disease doctor and another doctor um, who was uh, in the, as a matter of fact, she studied at Tuskegee and uh, is, is practicing medicine in the infectious disease world or the epidemiologist uh, at one of the hospitals there in Georgia. And I mean, the way they broke this, the, the information, that's really what the conversation was about. It was information around uh, vaccination and and getting and and the vaccine and getting vaccine and really wanting to distribute this information to the African American community, I thought they did an amazing job. Uh, Tyler Perry, the, the one doctor he actually had on his studio set uh, about, I think maybe I think he said seven months into the pandemic, he created a bubble at his studio and had this doctor and not one of his cast crew. Uh, cinematographers, videographers, nobody caught it. Nobody had it. Uh, and they just did a very good job at it. But they were just really and Tyler, giving. Go Tyler ahead. Perry is running the conversation? Yeah, he's kind of facilitating the conversation. It was amazing. I mean, and the way they broke the information down 
to really kind of talk about, um, you know, talk about the distrust in the African-American community as it relates to vaccination. Yeah. But then yeah. what how this is different and how we can choose to overcome it. But it really was providing the information so that so that the African-American community can really make the best decision for them. And uh, but but man, they, they, they did they did such an amazing job with making the information very plain. And I right. really enjoyed it. So. I mean, what a great example of of news and media done the right way. I mean, yeah. again, I, we've we've said it before. I think CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, they've all done a good job, I think, in the pandemic times, in Trump times, because I think they all got checked at the beginning because they were so they were so light on 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 Trump early on. They didn't really check him. They let him get away lies after lies after lies. But now I think they're much better as a product, as a whole, a media industry than they were before, because everything is resourced. Everything yeah. is being able to, to fact check it because Snopes and everybody else is out there fact checking everybody else. But the one organization, well, one of several in that category, but Fox News continues to to trick and deceive their audience every day, like a, like a drip of water every day. And. I just think it's terrible. Why not treat the information like BET did for the example that you're talking about, Tyler Perry? Provide the information for your audience. Make your argument. If you want your audience yeah. to look to vote a certain way, to feel a certain way about a subject, then make your argument on TV. You got a powerful media conglomerate. Make your argument. Your treat your people with respect that watch your show. People that watch Fox and Fox News, treat them with respect. Give them the information. Tell them why they should be thinking the way that you want them to think. And then and then go from there. But to my goodness, use all these different sociological tricks and creating enemies over here and monsters over there. And they're coming to rush the border. They're, you know, they're coming <laughs> to take your guns. My goodness, just talk to people and give them the news and let them decide. Yeah. You know, that's something that we've had to really fight through, especially over the last four years. Um, you know, I'll be honest, the term. I mean, I've always heard the term misinformation, but I had never heard the term disinformation, you yeah. know, before, you know, uh, up to the last two years or so. And uh, at first I thought, man, is that even a word? Because I, I literally had never heard the word before. And then I began to look it up and I said, wow, this really is a word. And it literally is the, the, the spread of erroneous yeah. or false information. Like, it's just blatantly not true. And I'm praying right. that we are past that point to where uh, journalists can be trusted again um, and to, to, to actually give out accurate uh, information, not just, well, and not just, not just spreading inaccurate, but, but also making sure that we're not giving incomplete information, like telling sure. them, getting back to the days where it's to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing. Right. And, and right, you and, and you go to another trick that Fox News does, and then the far right media circles like Breitbart and those guys, where there'll be one small truth within a bigger story, but everything else is complete garbage, which is another tactic that is used to where, hey, that one piece is true, but yeah, but the rest of it is made up fiction. And, and my goodness, I mean, this whole the 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 vote was fraudulent. You know, oh, but it was only fraudulent in places where Trump lost. Where Trump won, the vote was accurate. It was where accurate. Democrats lost, the vote was accurate there. No, don't don't get me wrong. 
the vote was only fraudulent. Of course, it was fraudulent in the places where Trump lost, because how could he possibly lose? I mean, how do you still believe that? And, and, and I was talking to my wife about this. The Republican Party is going to be interesting to see what happens to it. it what's going to happen? It's going to go one, one or two ways. Either Trump takes over the Republican Party and the old school Republican Party folks that don't like Trump, they're going to have to find a new party or it's going to go the other way around. The Republican Party retakes the Republican Party, the, the old, the, 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 the non-Trump Republican Party retakes the party and Trump has to go find a new party somewhere else or make up his own or whatever it is. But one of the two has to happen. It, they can't coexist in this space, I believe, um, for, for much longer. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I saw I saw the news that um, one of the leading Republican senators went and met with Trump um, yesterday. Oh, at I didn't Trump see it. Mar-a-Lago. Um, I guess trying to save face, he came out against Trump for what he felt was his inciting of the events mm-hmm. that happened Good. on January sixth. But I guess he went down there to try to you know smooth things over. You know, I think they are in a very, very, very uh, peculiar state right now, uh, where they're lacking great identity. They don't really know which way direction. Clarity is not their friend right now. So I right. think that it's going to be interesting to really see what happens over the next, you know, six to 12 months, because they have to get their stuff together if they want to have a chance come 2022, which we know that's another big election cycle uh, for them to potentially, you know, take back some control of of one of the two areas that are are there. So that's right. And it's going to be tricky because why? Because everything is based on falsehoods. There's they're they're not dealing with you know, real root issues or caught or an issue that you can debate. They're dealing with you. You know, it's the whole thing would be careful when you lie. The reason why you, it's hard to to be successful when you lie because you can't keep up with all your lies. That's right. So e- eventually, I think a large group of people, I think that some of the a bunch of the QAnon folks, it seems like through social media and so forth. Once the election happened, Trump finally conceded. Uh, Biden took office and this big this big crazy the whatever conspiracy thing didn't happen, the shadowy conspiracy that, that seems to always be in play, it didn't happen. So a lot of people from QAnon and so forth were like, oh, I guess we were wrong all along. Not enough of them probably did that, but I think some of them did. But now going forward, I mean, how do you get any traction when all of your stuff is bogus? All of your information is BS. And it's like, it can't last forever. I just can't see I don't fathom how it could last forever, but we'll see. Yeah. We will see. It's certainly going to be interesting to see. Um, let's pivot because last night, my boys, the Lakers, came to town here to Detroit, and they took an L. They took right. an L. Um, Pistons. I was shocked by that. Do you know who else took an L? A lot of them. <laughs> Huh? There's a lot of talk about stocks these last 48 hours, and uh, a lot of investors took an L as well. So I know that there's been a lot that has been said about it. I want to try to bring some clarity to what has been happening with stocks. What about the option markets? So let's kind of back up a little bit and really talk through what happened these last couple of days. So many people know um, that they're um, these failing companies, Bed Bath and Beyond, 
uh, Blackberry, which I, I mean, which I like a lot. Bed Bath and Beyond or Blackberry? Yeah. <laughs> which one? Bed Bath and Beyond. Bed I Bath like and Beyond. I like them too. Yeah. I'm a candle guy. I like the candle. They smell good. They do have good candles. Yeah. But anyway, keep going. They got other good stuff too. They do have other good stuff. Hey, you can't beat that 20% off coupon that comes to your email either. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so but but uh so Bed Bath and Beyond, Bed Bath and Beyond, Blackberry, AMC Theaters, mm. and GameStop. All companies who are all doing you know, in the business sector, very poorly. Stocks were low. You have this group of young people on this form, on Reddit, Reddit's online form consortium. How how big a group are we talking about? You know, that's a good question. I I, I didn't get the I didn't get the numbers to really kind of understand what the critical mass the type was. of impact the, the type of impact they made. It must have been huge numbers. It had to have been pretty significant, but they were able to rally the troops. And they caused everyone to start buying these failing stocks, stocks in these failing in these failing companies. While the hedge funds, the big major multimedia or, or, or multi-million billionaires were betting against these stocks to actually go under. Mm. Well, what did that do? It caused those stocks to soar. And I mean, we're talking, I'm not talking about like, you know, moving the market four or five percent. I'm talking twenty five hundred percent in a day. 2,500% in a day. I mean, it was it was unheard of what was happening in the market. And so what we began to see is, you know, these direct-to-consumer stock-buying apps like Robinhood, some way, somehow they got a little phone call. It's like somebody tapped them on the shoulder and said, hey, you need to stop allowing these individuals to buy and sell these fledgling stocks because it's doing something that we're not in position to really deal with at this moment. And they, and they actually, uh, you know, did what they did, what the big conglomerates was, was asking them to do. And I mean, it was not a good thing because you had people, Robinhood is supposed to be the, the, the app for the little man, you know, the app for the small guy. And the move that they made yesterday was not a uh, move in favor of the small guy, so it's so going to be I, I, I still I still have a hard I still have a hard time getting my arms about around all that. I'm, I'm not really well versed at, but you explained it really well. So tell me, number one, how did they get all those people to to say yes to one strategy? And number two, if they did all this, well, knowing they that did that they did all this, why is it that it affected everybody else? If this these are small brand new investors, why would it affect anybody else's stock? I think it's because of the critical mass. I think it's the number of people that were really kind of going at this thing. And you have uh, people who do, you know, bulk investments. Um, and, and again, I'm not I'm not the the person that is that is well versed in it, in it either. But basically what you have is you have um, people that kind of do things like they invest in funds that kind of, you know, have a take in a, in, in, in a bunch of different funds. And so it kind of okay. caused a great offset to kind of happen. Again, I want to okay. kind of get some more insight around it, but I mean, you know, shares in the Australian, this is what I saw, uh, nickel mining company gained such as 50% yesterday. 
probably because it's ticker symbol. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, the Robin Hood Twitter handle earned a crash of new followers yesterday. Um, thing is, it doesn't belong to the trading app. Like it was a bunch of things that were just kind of happening around this whole thing that was just unprecedented. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens to the markets as uh, as we kind of have a lull over the weekend and, and look at what happens at the top of next week. So we'll see. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just, it, it was, it, it was, it was pretty, pretty amazing what happened. And you even had, you even had politicians, I mean, both democratic and Republican politicians that were actually, you know, weighing in and agreeing on this, um, that, you know, so some of these moves were just unacceptable uh, some of the decisions that were made were unacceptable on the brokerage level. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Wow, that's fascinating. I know, I know yeah. it shook the world. I got I to gotta read more about it, too. Yeah, it's a lot in there. Hey, man, we lost some big icons over the last 48 hours, too. Cicely Tyson. Yeah, big. 96 years old. And then I and then as I was coming into the recording piece for the show, this was pretty awesome too. I shouldn't say awesome, but I mean it kind of it kind of shook me. It was the uh, former head coach, Hall of Fame Hall of Famer coach from the Temple basketball uh, uh, um, uh, program. Uh, what's his name, Coach Don Chain? Don Chain? Yep. Chain. Chain. He he passed. Last name, yeah. Just today, just moments before we came yeah. on to actually uh, plug the show. So, yeah, he was. Uh, they they did a great job there. He was a he was an icon there, and really, I think it was during the time when Georgetown was really good, also with John Thompson over there, and and yep. uh, um, uh, uh, St. John's was really good with Louis Carnesecca. You you and all these, you all these with, uh, yeah yeah Tarkanian. Yeah, yeah, he would always chew the towel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Those during the that, they, they were all, as I was all growing up. Yeah, that's right. Valvano was part of that time too. So all, all these great coaches in the college basketball game. Uh, yeah, they kind of passing away. It's always a, a sad time whenever it happens. We also had. Um, did we talk about? No, I don't think we did. We last week we had uh, uh, home run king uh, Henry Aaron yeah. pass away from the, we from did, the baseball we did. world. We did. Last week, um, yeah, I'm I'm teaching a class on race and racism at uh, at Bradley University, and we used him as an example of just the disparities of when you know white athletes historically go after records, how they're lauded and treated. Of you know, the fans can't get enough of Cal Ripken breaks the all time Blue Gehrig's record for all time games played, and you know he has a hard time in the hotel because all the fans are wanting his autograph, they want a piece of him. But Hank Aaron does it during a different time. But he's going after the, the 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 home run record of Babe Ruth, and he's getting death threats. And he can't stay at the team hotel. He can't eat the same restaurant. Um, Jim Crow is also at play during those days. But uh, you know, this is the oh, well. I guess Jim Crow is over at this point once he breaks the record. But a lot of his career was played during the Jim Crow era. But anyway, his family has to be protected because of death threats and. White supremacists all over the place saying it's it's Babe Ruth's record. It's a white record. We don't want a black man breaking it. So, you know, but again, Henry Aaron, that was like the first 
Henry Aaron and Muhammad Ali were the first biographies I ever read. And I was just enthralled with Hank Aaron, his modesty, his just a gentleman, just just a salt of the earth kind of guy and smart, uh, great tenacity on the field, just amazing baseball career, the best pound for pound hitter of all times. If you look at it in certain ways, not just home runs, but doubles, RBIs, hits, he wow. was incredible. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of big, big people are passing away, unfortunately. Amazing. I mean, you know, death is a part of life and something that we have to grapple with, but it's never easy when it does happen. Yeah. So prayers to all so those true. families that have been impacted. You know, I, I know a tremendous amount of love is being poured out on social media for all these families. And we certainly send our condolences and our best wishes and prayers to each of them as well. So thank you all so very much for reminding us of, reminding us of that. Hey, um, you know, something else that's really big that's getting ready to happen. And uh, I think I would love to get your take on this. Um, you know, we had to kind of, you know, do what we needed to do last year in terms of the Olympic Games. But, you know, mm -hmm. stories are coming out about Japan is, is, is moving forward with uh, producing the um, uh, games that were, you know, postponed from last year to do them this year in 2021. Mm -hmm. Literally it's in, it's going to, it's in a few months I and mean, we're already here at the end of January. So uh, July will be here before we know it. What do you think? I mean, you know, nobody thought the pandemic would last this long and we're still in the throes of it, you know, coming up on 450,000 deaths. And that's just here in America. Talk yeah. about the global impact. What do you think about them moving forward with the Olympic Games? Well, I think there's a couple of things. Number one, you got to appreciate the infrastructure that was built and put together in order to handle the games in the first place. A lot of money, a lot of time invested, and a short window to put the Olympics on because it only happens every four years. So if you push it yep. back two years, now you only got two years to the next Olympics, it, it, it can be dicey, and, and millions of dollars are invested um, to put this thing on now that can be discussed as to you know whether it's worthwhile doing that for any place but anyway i think that's number one so there's some sympathy there from from my standpoint for where japan is at and having to do this at some point however it is a pandemic a worldwide pandemic that is not getting any better uh, we do have some some vaccines in place but it's going to take us forever at this pace again because uh, at least in our country, we haven't had any leadership put together a program at all, zero program to distribute vaccinations. Um, but so the second piece is um, we have also seen, look at the NFL, look at Major League Baseball, look at the NBA. We have also seen success in putting on athletic mm -hmm. events, this college football, I, college sports, I don't think has done as good a job. But the professional level, because there's probably more money to work with and more cooperation with the commissioner and not as many schools, you got teams and, and uh, you know, the NBA stopped having a certain amount of teams playing for the second half of the year last year. So that was interesting to do. But especially with football, we've had a lot of success in that relatively there has been infections, but relatively it has not. They've been able to play their whole seasons. So I think perhaps – that might be an impetus to, for Japan's leadership of the Olympic committees to say, if we do this the right way, we might be able to pull it off. What do you think? 
You know, I didn't look at it that way. And 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 you bring up some some interesting things to light here that you know we have some models of some organizations such as the NBA that did it successfully. And uh, when they did it, you know, I mean, it looked different. Yeah, it did look different. Did it feel different? Sure, I'm sure. Even on even more so for the athletes. But mm -hmm. for us as spectators at home, we were able to enjoy, uh, you know, mm -hmm. quality competitive sports again. So, you know, I, you know, I think from what I think, I think sometimes we kind of get locked into looking at it in one way, like, you know, hey, man, let's just shut it down. Let's get it back under control. And like, you know, I think right. maybe there could be some things that could happen to, um, you know, bring about some positivity. So I actually, I actually, I actually appreciate that, that perspective. Uh, with them moving forward with uh, the games there. So, yeah, I think yeah, I want to – I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I want to touch on the one piece you talked about where – because I, I was of that thought too before when we first started dealing with this pandemic. It's like uh, sports is not as important as life and death. Sports is not as important as the seriousness of this pandemic. So I kind of was going along that, that route too because I think that's a legitimate argument and to be a part of the conversation about whether to have events or not. But I think at the same time, you're talking about, you know, if you just talk, talk about the athletes, they're they're working, right? They're, this is their job. This is what they do. Uh, there has been an attempt, you know, throughout many economies to try to keep people working, try to keep people to do that. But also there's the sanity piece. I mean, we're seeing a lot mm -hmm. of suicides increase. We're seeing um, um, domestic violence increase because of the pandemic, because people are clumped together in, in houses and in homes and, and places where we're not able to get out too much. So there's a lot of stuff and, and sports provides whatever you want to say about sports. It provides some, some entertainment, some relief, some, some getting away from the horrors of, of death from a slow, uh, from a, from a disease that forces a slow suffocating, lonely death. Um, so again, Olympics plays a big role in providing worldwide entertainment, some some pride for individual company companies, for individual countries, um, opportunities to see young talent, people doing their thing, and and again, I, I I'd like I'm not the hugest Olympic fan, but I'd like to see it go on, and hopefully they'll they'll do it the right way, and and uh, you know, and, and keep people safe. I love the Olympics. I mean, when it's on, I'm glued in front of the television. I watch all the boring sports. I watch all the interesting <laughs> ones and everything in between. I absolutely <laughs> love it. I'm, I'm probably what's that your, what's, your what's your favorite? Oh my goodness! Well, I mean, you know, like, I love uh, what it. was that one where they 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 with the broom oh, yeah. on the floor and the ice and all that stuff? Oh, the, what's it called? Oh, don't tip my tongue too. Goodness gracious! Yeah, I I'm can't thinking. think of it. Um. Ah, oh, what is that? And now that's going to bug. Yeah, I know. I'm a I'm a track guy. I'm a basketball guy. Um, love track. I love you know, the standard I love ones. I, I can't do the I can't do the crazy sports. I, I can't do the oh that's a winter sport anyway. Maybe I messed that up. Uh, yeah, like grooming all that. Uh, uh, what's it called? What's it called? Something. <laughs> I anyway. love I love gymnastics. Um, Oh yeah, Being gymnastics forward, is great. High bars. I love track and field. I love. I mean, I love it yeah. all. Basketball on the on the international level. I mean, all, all of it's just great. I just, I live, I live for the Olympic Games every four years. So I'm, I'm hoping that I can uh, actually, actually go one year. Uh, they're coming to Los Angeles in 2024. 
not oh, necessarily place, the place I want to be to do it, but if that happens right. to be the place that, that I'm able to secure it, then so be it. But yeah, I love the Olympic Games. Cali, baby, good place to see it. Well, hey, if you take me, then then, then I maybe I'll be all right. <laughs> maybe back to your hometown so we can uh, take in the Olympic Games, man. Hey, right. listen, right. we, uh, we appreciate you guys for sticking with us. Next week, um, we're going to kind of get back to some of the things that we, uh, you know, did in the very beginning, having some great interviews of some people uh, that can add e e an enormous amount of value to your life as well as your perspective. Uh, so please be sure and tune in. It's going. I'm not going to tell you who it is. But it, but I promise it's going to be worth your time, worth your while. Teaser, so, teaser now, alert! It, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. You don't want to miss it. And um, you know, just 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 tune in and be sure that you leave us some positive comments on the uh, podcast channel wherever you guys are consuming your podcast uh, um, uh, uh, gifts from. And um, and please let us know. Uh, how we could uh, be a better asset to adding some value to your life and thoughts and conversations. Until then, next time, I'm Devin Goff, the preacher, and that is Brian Johnson, the catcher. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Appreciate y'all. Thank you.